And stand with me. We're going to be in 1 John chapter 5. So 1 John chapter 5, uh, in the back of the Bible, by Revelation. He writes in verse 1, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His, love, and His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Let's pray together. God, we thank You so much for Your Word that speaks to us in so many ways. We're inviting You into each one of our hearts and our minds to bring Your truth. God, wherever there is error, wherever there is just a cloudiness, we pray for that uncloudy day, for that unclouded mind that truly hears Your voice, that truly responds to Your truth. And so God, we just pray for every one of our hearts and we ask You to help us to search our hearts. Are we truly overcoming? Are we truly in You? Uh, do we truly love You and follow You faithfully? And help us, God, to leave here today transformed and changed and uh, just having experienced Your love and Your power and Your wisdom. So we ask for You to speak today, for You to overcome today, for Your truth to shine forth today. In Jesus' name we pray. Every, amen. Y'all uh, may be seated today. I want you to take a moment to, to think about that passage today, and, and there's some words I want you to think about. Uh, there's so many things today, the idea that something is for everyone is a very popular idea, uh, that uh, everyone's welcome, and, uh, and this is for everybody. Everybody's going to love this product, or uh, whatever the case may be, but the truth is that this doesn't say that it's for everyone, but for everyone who... Uh, believes that Jesus is the Christ who has been born of God and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. Uh, and so what a challenging truth to think about today that the Gospel is for everyone that responds, that trusts, that believes. And so there's some words that become really special to us when we become one of those who believe, who trust in Jesus Christ, who have that faith that overcomes the world. Words like redemption, which means to be bought back. That I was lost in sin. That I was enslaved. And somebody paid the price for me to be purchased back, to be brought out of that sin and out of that darkness. That someone being Jesus Christ. He paid the price for my sin. He purchased me back through His blood. That Word should become meaningful to me and special to me. The word salvation. 
that I was lost and dying in my sin, and Jesus Christ saved me by coming down to this earth, by becoming a person and dwelling among us. He saved me. He made a way for me to be saved from my sin. The idea of complete forgiveness should be very special to me because I can be completely forgiven for my sin. Although my sin deserves punishment, I can be completely forgiven. And that's such a vital truth today because we minimize sin. Oh, it's no big deal. Everybody does it. But the Bible never minimizes sin. Look at the cross. The passage that Brother Freddie read for us today. Jesus Christ punished on the cross, crushed on the cross for our sin and our iniquities. God does not minimize sin. The cross does not minimize sin. Jesus Christ paid the price for my sin and your sin. And yet forgiveness is available. When I see that, when I believe in what Jesus has done and what God has done by sending Jesus Christ on the cross. Complete forgiveness should be something that is very special for me. Eternal life. To live eternally in the presence of God. Without eternal life, the sufferings of this world just drown me. Because I have no hope beyond it. And if my life is just spent suffering, what's the point? But when I have eternal life, all my suffering is just temporary. Because I have a life eternally in God. Eternal life should be something that becomes so meaningful and special to me. Just the blessings of God, the love of God that's beyond all comprehension should be something that's special. And all of those things await everyone. But everyone who is what I want to challenge you with today. And if you're following along in the sermon notes, first of all, it starts there in verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of God. So we must take a minute to think about that. It's not for everyone, just you know anybody and everybody, but for everyone who believes that Jesus Christ has been born of God. We've got to believe the truth about Jesus Christ. That He wasn't just some good prophet. He wasn't just some good teacher, a great healer. He was the Son of God. He was God in human flesh. We must believe that truth. We must believe the right things about Jesus Christ. And then we become that everyone who believes. And then we must also love one another. When I understand the love of God in Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord, and I truly receive that love, it's going to change me. I'm going to be empowered to love my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to have a new love and passion for people in this world. I'm not going to write off people and say, oh, they're worthless and nothing. There's no hope for them. I'm going to believe that for every person, there is that opportunity to come to know Jesus Christ, to be changed and transformed, to become that new creation in God. 
in verse 2 and 3, everyone who loves others enough to love God and obey His commandments. How do we know the love of God, he says? How do we know that? That we love God because we obey His commandments. This is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not burdensome. When you're in your flesh and you're just trying to follow religions, it's a burden. And it's a burden you can't carry. And it's not doing you any good anyways. But you just carry it around. Oh, here I go. I to carry this big heavy Bible to that church and sit in that pew. And oh my goodness. Oh, i got to go love my neighbor. Oh, here we go. i got to bake this pie and take it. Oh, what a burden, right? Or whatever you got to do. It's burdensome when you don't have the power of God in your life. And, it's, and, and why? Burden yourself. It's not doing you any good if it's not with a true heart that's transformed for Jesus Christ. But when I love others truly, I obey God. I listen to His commandments. And do you see that is a way to love people? When you become somebody who is transformed by the Word of God, transformed by Jesus Christ who is the Word of God, you have a new love for people. And when you have opportunities to say yes to God's Word and to how He wants you to live and what He wants you to do and to say no to the world's ways of doing things, that's an opportunity to love God and to love others. Do you care about people enough to be faithful to God's Word? When you're faithful to God's Word, you make a difference in this world that's eternal in people's lives. It's unloving to just be flippant about what God has said. To be flippant about what Jesus Christ has done. To take some of the Bible and say, oh, I'll listen to that part. And some of it, I don't listen to that part. It's unloving. It's uncaring. Because all it does is show the world a message of hypocrisy. A mixed message. People don't know what to believe or what to do. But it's so loving to live a life that's faithful to God. Of course, we're not going to be perfect and we're going to fail at times. But overall, we strive to get up, ask forgiveness, and get back on track. Loving God. Loving people. Taking His Word seriously. Striving every day to be faithful and obedient to Him. And that's such an important thing. Everyone who, we have these divine blessings, we have the love of God waiting for everyone who, in verses 4 and 5, has been born of God. Everyone who has been born of God. And when we're born of God, we overcome the world through the victory of faith in Jesus Christ. Believing that He is the Son of God. God's blessings are there for us. They're in abundance for us. His love is there for us. But we have to be born again. You don't experience that in your old flesh, in your old way of doing things. There has to be salvation. And a lot of times, that's where it stops for a lot of people. I don't want, I don't want that. I like my old self. I like my old ways. I'm going to stay. This is how my... My people were. I'm going to stay like my people. Instead of saying, I want something new. I want Jesus Christ in my life. That is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith 
in Jesus Christ, believing in Him with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. That is what overcomes this world. That is what makes a difference in this world. Believing, being born again through faith in Jesus Christ. And then God's blessings and God's love await everyone who follows Jesus in baptism. It begins to talk about the water and the blood. Jesus Christ, when He began His ministry, was baptized just like Vicky was today. Uh, just like all believers faithfully do, he was, she, Jesus was baptized in water to signify that He was doing what God... He didn't have sin, but He was showing us the way that we need to be faithful to God in baptism, in following Him in obedience. It identifies us with believers from the very beginning. That's an awesome thing. From the very beginning, we're identified by following faithfully in baptism. And then the blood of Jesus Christ covers our sin. Not through the act necessarily of baptism, but through what He did on the cross. Our faithfulness, our belief in Him. Jesus shed His blood for us on the cross. And that blood that He shed opens our hearts to receive His Spirit. And we're blessed with that gift of eternal life in God's kingdom and that assurance of eternal life on the earth. And all that is covered in 6-13. through 13. He says in verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. It's not something to just gamble on. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. We'll see when I die. Don't wait for that. Right? That is not a good plan. Do it now. Respond now. Be obedient to God. Be willing to be public about it. That's what baptism is about. I'm publicly showing people I'm following Jesus Christ. I'm starting new in my life. I'm born again. I'm being faithful to what He's called me to do. That's why we baptize. Because Jesus was. We want to follow Him. We want to do what He did. Because He commanded us to be baptized. And so it's such an important thing that we do that. And then to know that His blood covers us. His, His covers all of our sin, past, present, and future. And He gives us a heart that is now open to receive His Spirit, to receive His blessing, to receive eternal life. And that's an awesome thing that I have that gift of eternal life in God's kingdom forever. And then I have the assurance as I live on this earth, that there is eternal life awaiting all those who believe in Jesus Christ. God's blessings, God's love is there beyond all comprehension for everyone who also lives in that assurance. That assurance of eternal life through Jesus Christ. That eternal life through Jesus Christ that gives me confidence that God listens to me that's an awesome thing that God listened, not because of who I am. I don't have a voice loud enough for God to listen to. 
But because of what Jesus Christ, because of who I belong to, because I've identified my life with Jesus, I'm living for Him, I've trusted Him, and God listens to me because of His Son, Jesus Christ. God is on my side because of Jesus Christ and what He has done for me. And God can use my life. God can use my life to help others who are trapped in sin. He talks about that in, in verse 14 through 17. If you see your brother, you see your sister committing a sin, and some sin, he says, leads to death, we can, we can do things that will end our lives. And if we see someone doing that sin, and eventually all sin, the wages of sin is death. All sin leads to death. And we see people living in that. And the longer we live in sin, the harder our hearts get. The more we don't care about the things of God. And we see people living in sin on that wide road to destruction. Jesus described it. God can use us to help them. To, bring, to be all, you know, those people on that road crying out. Turn to Jesus Christ and be saved. Repent. There's destruction ahead. And yet there's life this way. Go the way of Jesus Christ. There's hope this way. There's love this way. We can be those people that see it, and, but we have something we can do about it. We can share the love of God with them. We can encourage them to turn to Jesus Christ, to ask God to give them life and to help them. And how awesome is that truth that God can use me and God can use you to help people that are trapped in sin. But do you see that? Are you even aware? Or is it just everybody's fine? Everybody's all right. It'll work out in the end somehow or another. It's all going to be fine. Is that our mentality? Or is our mentality Jesus Christ said He's the way, the truth, and the life? No one comes to God except through Him. So it's not fine until we come to God through Jesus Christ with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and all our strength. Otherwise, we're trapped in sin. And it is not a good place to be. Trapped in sin that leads to death. And the death they're talking about is eternal separation from God forever and ever in hell. Forever and ever in hell. So think about that today. God's blessings are available for everyone. But we've got to follow Jesus. We've got to be serious about Jesus Christ. And then lastly, in verses 18 through 21, it's available. God is there for everyone who does not keep on living in sin, but lives in God's power and protection. Listen to what he said. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. Everyone, think about that, who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. Is that the idea? Everybody sins. It's alright. You got your sin. I got my sin. We sin differently, but it's okay. It'll work out. Don't worry about it. Imagine you went to the doctor. I've got a real big pain in my heart. Oh, it'll be all right. Don't worry about it. Right? You're about to have a heart attack. Ah, it's fine. No problem. Uh, you know, you have big cancerous growth on you. Oh, 
it's all right, don't worry. That's basically what we tell each other when we say sin's all right, don't worry about it. He says if we keep on sinning, we have not been born of God. We're lying to ourselves. We're not true to this. There's got to be a change. I was sinning and living this life of worldliness and self selfishness. But something transformed my heart and I went a new way. I went a whole other direction, the way of Jesus Christ. But that's religion to say, oh, just keep on doing what you do. Come to the church, put some money in the plate, do this or that, and you'll be fine. That's not what he says. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. But he who was born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him. We want that protection of God. We need that protection from God. We need the power of God so that we stop that cycle of sin and selfishness which leads us to destruction and brokenness. And then eventually, forever separated from God in hell, that must stop. There must be a transformation. There must be a change. And so on the back of your sermon notes, I just have a lot of questions I want you to think about as you study that passage this week. As you think about that, are you believing that Jesus is the Christ? Are you believing that Jesus is the Christ? And so, Jesus being the Christ means He's the one sent from God. He's the Holy Righteous One. He's the way, the truth, and the life. If I want to be saved, I must go through Him. It's all about Him. I trust in Him. I believe in Him. Are you believing that Jesus is the Christ? Is He the one sent from God? Is He the Messiah? Is He everything in your life? Are you loving God the Father by obeying His commandments? Do you see that correlation there? I want to say I love you to God. I say, yes, Lord. I want to live for You. I want to love people. I want to care about what You've called me to care about. I want to do the things You've created me to do. And so I start to say yes to the things of God and no to the things of the world. And that's how I say I love You. Not just, hey God, I love You. Here's 50 cents. Have a good week. I'll see you next Sunday. That's not loving. That wouldn't work in your marriage or any other relationships in your life. It's got to be a daily Every day I want to love God. Every day I want to obey God. Every day I want to do what He's called me and created me to do. Are you loving God the Father by obeying His commandments? Are you overcoming the world through the victory of faith in Jesus Christ? Are you overcoming the world through the victory of faith in Jesus Christ? Have you followed the Lord in baptism? It's an important step. We get stuck when we don't follow the Lord in, in any way. It's like the Israelites. They got stuck in the wilderness. On and on and on. Cycle of sin. 40 years because they wouldn't do what God told them to do. If God's put it on your heart and you know you want to follow Jesus, that's a step of faith being baptized. Are you overcoming through the victory of Jesus Christ? Do you see that your sin needs to be forgiven? 
Is your sin past, present, future covered in the blood of Jesus Christ? Is the sin in your life, the past, the present, and the future covered in the blood of Jesus Christ? You don't want to meet God in your sin. Jesus is the one that taught us that. He said it's not a pretty thing. It's not a good thing because we deserve punishment. Our sin deserves punishment. And God being righteous and holy, He must punish sin. And so it is not a a funny thing to present yourself to God with sin. It doesn't matter how many good works you try to cover it up with. How many good things you've tried to do to outweigh the bad. If you show up with sin in your life before a holy, righteous God, you will be cast out of His presence, Jesus said. And the only way we are not going to be cast out of His presence is to be covered in the sacrifice of His only Son. And that should be something that causes us to rejoice every day. My sin is covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. All of it. Even the sin I didn't even know I would have done had I not been changed by Jesus, had I not been saved and redeemed, all of it is covered. Have you received the Holy Spirit? How do we know we've received the Holy Spirit? A lot of times we have the idea that we start running around speaking a new language or falling down or doing stuff like that. How do you know you receive? You start to love people you never loved before. You start to see that people need Jesus and you never even cared about that before. You start to want to share and love people. You start to cherish the Word of God and you want to spend time studying it and praying over it and talking about it with other believers. And you have a burden to make a difference for Jesus in this world. That's receiving the Holy Spirit. I want to obey the commands of God now. I'm sick of my sin. I'm sick of my selfishness. That's receiving the Holy Spirit. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Or are the commandments of God just a burden? Oh gosh, i got to do this. That's not receiving the Holy Spirit. That's trying religion. Oh, I've got these things. Oh, here, you know. When I receive the Holy Spirit, when I'm living in the Holy Spirit, I want to live for the Lord. I want to praise His name. I want to, even on my bad days, I want to cry out to Him and pray to Him and invite Him in to the bad feelings I have, into the struggles, into the hardships, into the trials I face. I want God there with me every step of the way. Are you living in confidence, in a confident assurance of all that God is for you, of all that He's done? Satan wants you to live in doubt. He wants you to live in fear. He wants you to live afraid of everything. But God wants you to live with confidence in Jesus Christ, in all that He is, in all that He's done. Are you living with that kind of confidence? Are you living a life of continuous, unrepentant sin? John says if you are today, you need to be born again. It is true that Christians will continue to sin. Tracy can tell you that. Right? We will sin, but we don't want to live there anymore. It breaks our heart. We want to change. We want want forgiveness. We want Jesus to wash us clean. We don't want to live in it anymore. And that's the state of the unrepentant. 
is they just that's what they want to do. They want to live in that sin. And even though they might say, I want out of it, the truth is they don't want out of it. They want to live there. Are you living in God's triumphant power and protection over sin, over the evil one? We need protection from the devil. He is real. His demonic powers are real. And we need the protection of God. Jesus told us to pray that. Deliver us of evil. Are you praying that prayer? Are you living in the protection and the power of Jesus Christ? Have you received understanding into the things of God? He says, we know the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. Do you have that new understanding? Do you know Jesus Christ, the One who is truth in eternal life? Do you know Him? And then lastly, verse 21, he says, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. It's kind of an interesting way to finish off that letter that he wrote to all those churches. Keep yourselves from idols. And yet that's such a powerful verse. Idols come in all kinds of shapes and forms and fashions. But their main goal is to take the place of God in your life and in my life. Whatever it is that's taking the place of God in your life, and a lot of times it's selfishness in all kinds of different forms, are you keeping that out of your life? Are you striving daily to keep God first in your life? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we come to this time of invitation, Help us to search our hearts. Help us to be honest. We pray against the evil one. We pray against deception. We ask You to change us, God. We pray for a new birth. We pray for a new passion for You. And so as we close here today, if there's someone that's lost, they're living without You, they, they know that they're in their sin and they need to be saved and You've placed that burden on them today. They're living that life of continuous, unrepentant sin. God, help them today to cry out to You. To right now just say, Lord Jesus, I give my life to You. Forgive me of my sin. Just tell God that in Your own words. Just say, Lord, come into my life today and save me. I want to be born again. Just tell the Lord in your own words that from this day forward, you want to live a new life in Christ. God, if anyone is praying that prayer right now, we ask You to help them. To fill them with joy. To help them rejoice with You as You rejoice when anyone, any sinner comes to know You, comes to You and is saved. As we close for this time of invitation, God, if there's believers with burdens on their hearts, if there's people that need deliverance from sin, from evil. Help them, God, to respond. And if they need prayer, help them to come forward today and receive prayer from You and, uh, and, and help them, God, to experience Your power and Your love and Your transformation. God, we sing this song to You. We worship You as we close this service today. Empower us for the week ahead. 
to live for You and to share and to shine Your light everywhere we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand together today,